Good morning. Welcome to the podcast. A little condensed this morning because I am um, on the road this morning on my way to a. I'm on my way to a place called Legacy at Maiden Park where I am uh, teaming up with their kitchen staff this morning to make sauce for their residents. Uh, they have a large Italian uh, residence, I, I suppose. Um, if you don't know, it is a senior care facility. Um, elder, elderly people are something that's been near and dear to my heart my whole life. I didn't realize it wasn't near and dear to everyone's heart. You know, it's uh, it's the type of thing where, like, my college internship... Well, first of all, as you know, as has been documented, I always had this amazing, like, fascination with my grandpa and hearing his stories. And my other grandpa, too, my mother's father, him, too, he had been a police officer, and I loved his stories, and then my own grandfather had been in the wars, and I loved his, his stories, um, and... Uh, then when I was in college, my college internship was to essentially provide friendship to senior citizens living in nursing homes who didn't have family nearby. So they weren't getting a lot of visitors. So I don't know. It's just something that sort of I'm a softy for. <coughs> Excuse me. But, you know, nonetheless, I am up at 530 in the morning on a Sunday driving to Greece to... Um, you know, I, the good news on this one is not a lot of work for me. It's a commercial kitchen. They have a whole staff. You know, uh, I'm we're, we're going with my recipes. But that being said, it's just sauce. It's really not that hard. I mean, excuse me. Hold on a second. <clears throat> it's extremely hard. So hard. Making sauce is so difficult. Don't try it yourself. Just buy store-bought stuff. <laughs> anyway. Um. So, uh, slightly condensed podcast. I did make a Starbucks stop just now. One knock on the local coffee shops is, I don't think, I don't know any local coffee shops that open before like 7am. So if you're out and about early, man, it's Starbucks or bust, unfortunately. Um, what else? What I want to talk to you about. So speaking of the Italians, Columbus Day luncheon this past week, I was honored with the Citizen of the Year Award and had to give a little speech. It was sort of impromptu. I had some heads up on it, but I didn't know going in I had to give a speech. The little heads up I had was they said to me just before the thing started, be short, be funny. That's what they said. And like many crowds, like many crowds, this crowd did not want to just sort of be quiet and listen. I mean, it's a few hundred people at the Italian-American Community Center at this luncheon, and, and, you know, listen, getting any group of 300 people to quiet down and listen to the program is one of the most difficult jobs of an MC. Now, I was not the MC of this, but I felt the pain of the MC, and so when they said, be short and be funny, when you get up there, I, that what I went with was, I don't mind the fact that you're all talking over us. What is an Italian meal if we don't have to scream to hear each other? Oh, <laughs> for and I don't know. It didn't get a lot of laughs. It kind of fell flat. <laughs> so then I quick scrambled and said something about, uh, you know, I don't know how I'm up here. I'm a guy who bottles sauce for a living. I would think I would be banned from an event like this. Not honored at it, but, you know. And then I just went in to talk about how <coughs> the, um, <coughs> you know, I think being an outstanding citizen comes from who you surround yourself with. Um, I also think being a successful business person, just honestly, I just think in general, making sure that you as a person, whether it's personal or professional, are heading in the right direction 
depends a lot on the people that you surround yourself with. I think they rub off on us whether we like it or not. I think we all like to think that we are so, so independent and so smart and so driven that nothing could knock us off our game. And we're good. I mean, we are individuals. But if we don't think the people that we spend a lot of time with don't rub off on us over time, then we're fooling ourselves. Of course they do. And so that was kind of my my speech had to do a lot with just, hey, you know, I surround myself with the best people. Most of those people are here today. I had my family. My mother and father had come in. My in-laws were there. My brother-in-law, my wife, my son, and then uh, my business partner, Tom, and his wife, Kathy, all came. And so I just kind of pointed at that table. And then I told a little story because the guy who was emceeing, uh, was actually the Italian consulate for the area, um, which kind of means the, um, I don't know, he's kind of like a, a representative almost of the Italian government, or at least he's in direct contact with the Italian government. So if you happen to be a dual citizen or an Italian citizen or whatever, if for any reason you have a reason that you need to talk to the Italian government, but you happen to live in Rochester... Uh, he's the guy. And you might say, when would that ever happen? I'll give you a good example because this is the story I told at the podium. When I was 16 years old, I moved to Italy for an entire year. I was an exchange student through Rotary. And uh, that was an awesome experience. And almost at the last minute didn't happen because I was going to be there for so long, I needed to get a visa. Essentially what it was, long story short, was I needed to become a temporary citizen of Italy. And so um, the visa was a st- either, I don't know enough about what a visa is, but a visa was either was that or it was a step towards becoming that. I don't know. But uh, I had to get this visa and, you know, I'm leaving, I think, in like three weeks for Italy. And of course, we just find out kind of at the last minute, like, oh, you got your visa, right? And we're like, our what? And again, I'm 16. I'm a kid, so I don't know what the hell's going on. But my mom is freaking out. And it turns out it's like a six-week wait, and we only have three weeks to get this visa. So my mom finds out that the Italian consulate closest one is in Detroit, Michigan. She packs me and my brother up in the car. We leave one morning at like 4 a.m. This woman drives us from Conneaut, Ohio to Detroit, Michigan (laughs) to be in front of the consulate and basically beg slash explain hey, you know, my son needs this visa. We get there, and I do have a memory of this. It doesn't immediately go well. She's sort of told, like, yeah, sorry, you know, six weeks. Best we can do. And she basically stands in that lobby and says, "Uh, no, (laughs) I'm not leaving. And And she's talking to, I remember she was talking to a woman, and the Italian consulate was a man. And I remember my mom is saying, I need to talk to him, you know, like, bring him, bring the guy in here. I'm not going to go through you. I'm going to go through him. Let the consulate tell me that my kid can't go to Italy. And he came in, and and damn it, ladies and gentlemen, that guy issued me that visa that damn day. (laughs) So don't let him tell you they can't do it. And don't ever doubt a mom who's defending her child. And I told that story at the podium. Not as well as I just did, but, you know, in general. It was good. It was good. Oh, what else happened this week? Uh, Like I said, I don't have a ton of time, so let me try and get this all out. I took some notes. (coughs) Oh, I can't wait to watch Saturday Night Live today. Finally back last night. Pete Davidson and Ice Spice. Um, 
So on Tuesday, I had the honor at Rochester Rotary of moderating the county executive debate. We don't actually call it a debate. We call it a forum. But it is, uh, it's it's for all intents and purposes, it's a debate. It's formatted like each each candidate has, you know, a minute and a half to answer these questions. <coughs> kind of back and forth. <coughs> Excuse my coughing. God. And, um. And it was it, it was kind of good. I mean, you know, it is what it, it's kind of exactly what it should be, right? Adam Bello is kind of the clearing away favorite, um, and he's kind of just touting what he's done. Whereas Mark Assini is far more kind of aggressive towards Adam. But that's that's what it is to be in second place. You know, chasing somebody, you're always punching up. You're never punching down. Adam's not going to viciously go after Mark, although. I will say this, I have seen some Facebook ads where Adam is kind of viciously going after Mark, and I was like, whoa, you know, maybe he's more threatened than I thought he was, because I I don't see it going Mark's way, unfortunately, but I've been wrong before. (coughs) I think we all have, right? So that was a great honor, and also, as the incoming Rotary president, I get to host those lunches every Tuesday for an entire year. And it was my first time doing it. I was a stand-in for the current president who was uh, uh, vacationing. And so I got my first ever opportunity to do that. I've never done that before. And, uh, you know, listen, I'll just say this. Was it good? No. If it's the worst I ever do, we're in good shape, though. Right? Um, What else? Uh, I have so much I want to tell you. Um, I'm going to skip a couple of things just because I can see I'm already getting there. I told you it was going to be a short podcast. I wanted to talk to you about the New York State Food Processors Mixer. I saw uh, the ladies from Food Nerd. They are Grow New York contestants this year, finalists. And that was a lot of fun talk. I felt like I was with my people. When I go to the New York State Food Processors stuff, I feel like I found my people, right? We're literally standing around talking about emulsification, you know? (laughs) Like acidification and emulsification. And I'm just like, yes. I found them. Uh, you know that thing where you're like, my nerds, my fellow nerds. Um, that, and, and again, the girl from, speaking of nerd, food nerd, out of Buffalo, they do uh, health conscious, like baby food and stuff. And talking to her about her brand and about her aspirations and Grow New York and stuff. And it was funny because I could tell she actually wanted to talk to me, so I felt wanted. You know, no, like, I, I could tell that because she's a Grow New York finalist, a lot of people wanted to talk to her, but she wanted to talk to me, and I was like, cool, I'm in. Like, I'm the I'm the cool guy in this conversation, but I'm usually used to not being the cool guy in the conversation. You know, I'm usually the guy in the conversation that's like the little puppy that's just kind of barking, like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. But in this case, it was like, cool. Uh, so that's cool. I'm rooting for them. Um, what else? Last thing I wanted to talk to you about. A new committee started, um, speaking of boards and whatnot, I'm on the Broadway Theater League board, and we started a new committee this week, had our first ever meeting called Quality of Experience Committee, and I gotta tell you, I am so excited for this committee. This committee is tasked with literally just thinking about the experience of when you go to a Broadway show at the Auditorium Theater, excuse me, the West Her Auditorium Theater, when you go to a show... What is your experience like? From the moment you leave your home to the moment you get home, what can we do to enhance that experience? And so we had our first ever meeting. We want to roll some stuff out as early as next year. We obviously have this big restoration going on right now with uh, the Rochester Broadway Theater League. So there's money being pumped into the joint right now. 
and opportunities to, um, you know, upgrade some things, create some new spaces. Uh, I think it's going to be, I mean, we're talking about some stuff that's just kind of little and simple, like, do we add a premier parking option? You know, like now you can uh, you can valet, for example. Will there be some some like acoustic live music in the VIP room? Are we going to add a VIP room? Should there be a full dinner option? We have one right now. We have a president's lounge, and I love the president's lounge. It's uh, I think it's pretty nominal. It's like fifty bucks for fifty bucks. You get one hour of open bar and heavy hors d'oeuvres. Um, not not super expensive, but it is you know it's fifty bucks for one hour, so it's it goes by fast, but. You get some comfortable couches, an opportunity to just kind of sit and collect yourself before you go into the theater. And, of course, you can't beat the open bar and the heavy hors d'oeuvres, right? So the question is, could we have another space that's kind of across the hall from that that fits even more people. Could probably, this other space could fit, it honestly, could probably easily fit 100, 150 people. The President's Lounge, as is, fits like maybe 50, 75. So I like the idea of turning that other one into more of a... a, a another kind of vip room but what's going to happen in there right like what is that a sit sit down play to dinner is there entertainment that room actually has a small stage we could put some entertainment on stage i don't know a lot of fun stuff to think about another thing that always bugs me is you know we go to shows a lot we're season ticket holders and more times than not i gotta tell you those boxes the the like the i don't know if we'd call them suites but you know just call them boxes are empty the boxes where people sit uh up in the on the corners what would appear to be quote unquote you know vip seating oftentimes are empty and i'm always a little confused by what why those would ever be empty and can we provide some sort of in seat you know uh, service for those i i don't know but then so everything i'm talking about right now is very high end right it's very catered towards sort of the VIP, those those top people. We have to think of it sort of in three categories. We've got you you've got your 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 people you really need to pamper, right? You've got your people who have the ability to spend big money, be big sponsors, and those people need to be pampered with the things I'm talking about right now. The second thing you got is the people who maybe go to a couple shows a year. They're not season ticket holders, but also they're pretty familiar with the theater. They're they're supportive, but they're not going to six shows either, right? So then there's that sort of that level. Somebody who goes to one or two shows a year. They're there every year, but they're not regulars. We need to figure out ways to make it way more comfortable and accessible for them. And then the third thing we have to think about, that third uh, person, is the person who wants to go but rarely gets to go. Somebody who's been to one or two shows in their entire life as opposed to somebody who gets to go often. I don't know if we need to worry about people who don't want to go. Um, that seems like it might be more kind of marketing committee, right? But I, the the people who, I think at least, the people who um, want to go but only get to go every so often are, are an interesting category for us. Uh, somebody, that, a place where we could really maybe move the needle, right, is what I'm trying to say. Um, okay, so I am parking in a spot right now. I just got here. I don't know if this is an actual parking spot. I'll get out and take a look. But uh, I'm parking in a spot. I got to get these coffees. I bought coffees for the chefs here at the Legacy at Maiden Park. I'm going to go in there, and they all addressed me as chef. Uh, 
uh, on the phone the other day, and I told them, I go, guys, when you see me at work, you're going to realize it's more of hack Italian cook, right? Meat, cheese, sauce in as many different ways as we can. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I appreciate you guys.